and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Schism. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host Adam. Seasonal greetings, everyone. And in this end-of-year special episode of The Schism, we say goodbye to the madness that was 2022. See you later. And look into our crystal ball to see what's to come for humanity in the not-so-distant future. Wish we did have a crystal ball similar to Bill Gates. Or that column in the Sun tabloid newspaper, Mystic Meg. Yeah, so we could see into the future. Because you do have to wonder, don't you? Well, when the future is a plan, you don't really need to be a mystic seer to kind of predict (laughs) what's going to happen next. Because everything kind of unfolds as expected, which we'll be going into in great detail in today's episode. I hate to say, I told you so. Mm Mm-hmm. But first, we want to say a big thank you to all our listeners. We've never really done this before, but kind of thought we should start engaging a little bit more. Well, they engage with us. I mean, we get the DMs and people thank us for giving them laughs, which we ultimately try to do. Facts, we try to put in facts sometimes, but we, yeah. all, we always go for the your laughs, you know. we always want The bounce comes first. Absolutely. But a few of you guys have asked if we're going to set up some kind of patron account or like a buy me a coffee account or something. I mean, with us, it should probably be more like buy us a spliff. <laughs> buy us a Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've, we've had messages from like listeners in the UK, US, Australia, Canada, Romania, Italy, mm-hmm. New Zealand, yeah. Denmark, India, Netherlands. I know. Even the country that David Icke's just been banned from. That's right, the Netherlands. Yeah, they're fighting with us. We've got a couple of stray listeners as well. Like, there's a few random countries where it's like one listener. Yeah. Which intrigues me a lot, because I'm like, so there's one person in that country that's tuning into us. They have no one that they can be like, oh, do you listen to the schism the other night? It's just (laughs) them in the whole country. I just hope it's not someone locked in a basement somewhere. So we've got one listener in Japan. Maybe this is you. You are listening to this now. Send us a DM if this is you. Big shout out to our Japanese brothers and sisters. Yeah, one listener in Morocco. Well, congratulations to get to the semi-final, guys. You did very well. One listener. I mean, we had... I noticed we had one listen from Ukraine and a few from Russia. But they sort of disappeared now. So you're you're probably not listening. <laughs> I just hope you're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of worrying. I was like, have they, you know, gone off the podcast or are they okay or what? Has Putin got them in a cell somewhere? None from China. No. So well, we trying to break through that vortex is going to be pretty hard. <laughs> well, it's like a different planet, mate. I mean, you can't get anything through to China. I mean, they don't even fucking have Google. Yeah, they're definitely not getting the schism. Right. They've got to get Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, what, what chance do we have? But maybe one day we'll be talking to our one listener in China. But yeah, for the time being, tell your friends, your, your strays. Your strays, yeah. Don't be all on your own in, on your single country just listening to our podcast. Yeah. I mean, I bet they thought to themselves, this is pretty fringe. I bet I'm like, you know, there's not many people that are listening to that, this. But did they know that they were the only listener in their whole country? Anyone listening to us probably is quite fringe. <laughs> but fair play to them. You know, we... You know, we do this ultimately because we like doing it. And that's the whole point that we got into doing this podcast is because we wanted to... We're certainly not doing it for money. <laughs> no, we're not. Because the... it hasn't earned us a cent yet. But, you know, it's not... Nothing... A penny, sorry, a penny, I'm not American. Cent, yeah, whatever, dime. But we don't get into it for that reason. And the reason is being that we've done this because we knew we had to speak out. We knew we had to have a voice. And we do have one. And we've been very... Uh, spontaneous throughout the year of expressing ourselves it was covid that gave us the big push wasn't it really Mm. when when things went to level 10 mental in the covid era we were just because we spoke about doing this for a while but then suddenly it was like 
no, we have to do it now. Yeah, it was a calling, a calling I felt. I felt generally compelled when we first started doing this race. And I didn't know how many people we would reach. I don't know how many people would ever listen to the show. I mean, could you possibly imagine we'd be reaching people on the other side of the world? I didn't. I'm only glad for their support and the fact that people do listen. Yeah, and I kind of feel like it was a way of giving us some sanity during that era as well. Because it was pretty grim. It was pretty depressing, especially for people that were cottoning on that something quite nefarious was happening and, yep. you know, the world was sliding into tyranny, basically. And you had about the other three quarters of the people that you knew saying, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, just going along with it all. And you felt like you were going mad. This for us was like, a, it was like therapy. It was a way to just have a laugh and kind of digest all the information, but in a way that wasn't, you know, sending you into a, real dark depression because it's pretty heavy going stuff well that's why we put our dark humor spin on it all because you need to laugh at it guys i mean we've enjoyed laughing through this year at some of the absolute fucking bollocks monkey pox i mean there you go there's one i mean the absolute shit that the media have tried to fear bait you into and i'm sorry we're not having it and we've done our very best to put it in the bullseye and make absolute ridiculous shit out of it i mean monkey pox went straight to dvd <laughs> like we were hyping it up to be like a blockbuster like outbreak and it literally went straight to dvd we've done a whole episode on monkey pox you know what go it, back and listen to it people actually we kind of done two i bet it was that sort of dvd that you go into a second hand shop and you know the era like the 80s and 90s and you pull out that one random film you're like i don't remember this monkey pox what well at least you know we kind of recorded that taking place because like you said it's so it was so ridiculous and so short-lived, it is the sort of thing that would just get forgotten about. True. But we did get some things bang on the money, mm. which we're going to be talking about a bit later on. Let's not go down the monkeypox rabbit hole again, though. Monkeypox rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, we thought we wanted to record this episode and give you guys a little treat to listen to in this weird end-of-year period like you've got Xmas, yeah. you've got Boxing Day, that's the day after Christmas that we, we call it in the UK. And then this period after that, between Christmas and New Year, that's just like, what is it? You know what I mean? Like you're either at home just eating yourself into a coma, <laughs> watching shit TV, wanting to kill yourself, or at work, killing time, and also wanting to kill yourself. <laughs> And you're just waiting for New Year. I mean, we call it the Christmas limbo period. Yeah, it kind of doesn't have a name. Like, maybe some countries have a name for it. If you do, send us a, a little message. Yeah, we'd love to know. But that's how, like, nothing key it is. It mm. doesn't even have a name. You could call it Christmas limbo, no man's land. I mean... The Bermuda Triangle. I actually looked up some, you know, tweets from people, stuff they've called it. One person just went with... Food week. Because <laughs> you do literally just stuff your face. That's, that's a time. good point. And you're eating stuff. You're like, why am I even eating well, this? But that's how bored you are. We have all those Christmas leftovers, don't you? You're like, mm. There's such this overabundance of food. I mean, it's like fucking gluttony, if anything. Yeah. And then there's so much food for two days. It's a festival like... of sin. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So you're having like Christmas Day sandwiches and like eating, you know, sausage and bacon and stuff and like all the time. You know what I mean? Like you would yeah. only usually eat that in like a fry up or something. And suddenly it's like your staple diet and <laughs> you're just eating like balls of stuffing or God knows what. Well, Endless mince pies. It's overindulgence. All those little things appear at Christmas like shit loads of chocolate, bowls of nuts, all the stuff I'm guaranteed is good for putting on weight. And then some stupid poor excuse for you to try to try to lose weight in the new year. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, my like family on my dad's side are all on the little larger side. They're huge. We're talking like average twenty stone. Bigger now. They 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 get well. They fluctuate in weight, but they're they're a big lot, and they will just go so hardcore on the food, and they'll be washing it down with pints of Baileys. <laughs> the women of the house, they're like, oh, I love me Baileys at Christmas, and it's like a pint glass. And you're like, oh my god, that stuff is sweet. And it's like the calories of it as well. 
with like milk and alcohol. And like washing down all that food that you've had with Christmas uh, on, on Christmas with a pint of Baileys. They're not northern. Right down the hatch. They should be. <laughs> yeah, another another word for it was Christmas tide. Christmas tide. Bit, that's, bit lame. That's a, well, that sounds like low tide, and that's like a boring part of the day, so Christmas tide. A festive know. perennium. Isn't the perennium the bit between your ball bag and your arsehole? Yeah. Again, no man's land. Yeah, the gooch. The Christmas gooch. <laughs> that's what they call it on Jackass, the gooch. Oh, I've seen that film. No, 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 not the Christmas Grinch. The Christmas gooch. That's something very different. Just hang a bit of tinsel on it. <laughs> or a bit of mistletoe. Jesus. The Void. Is that well, a name for that it? That is appropriate. I, I went on to like more sort of mainstream media sites to find out what they were calling it, and they call it Twixmas. And they've put, Twixmas is one of our favourite times of the year. No, it's not. It's horrible. Everyone hates it. You literally want to kill yourself. Sorry, I'm that. that's my bit I'm adding in. That's not... <laughs> and they put, and it has nothing to do with chocolate. As in Twix. Well, you bar. called it Twixmas. Yeah. So it's got to do something to do with chocolate. Hang on, how many how many bars are there in a Twix? There's two. Let me guess. Is Twixmas a repeat of Christmas? Therefore, it's two. So it's got to be a fucking Twix. Right? Am I there? Yeah. <laughs> Am I fucking there? Yeah. Yeah, basically. It says, once the stress of Christmas Day is over, Twixmas, the relaxed period between Christmas and New Year when life seems to slow down a little and everyone takes a collective deep breath. Yeah, but what kind of deep breath is it? Because it it's more, it's less a ah, and more a <sighs> it says, it comes along to help recharge our batteries before we welcome in another year. I mean, did the person even write in that, feel that way, really? I mean, it's hard to say. I if there are people out there Fuck them. <laughs> we hate this period. I hate you, basically. Because, <laughs> yeah, I find this period a real drag. Even New Year's Eve now, I just think it's a crock of shit. I, I quite like getting into the new year. If anything, I've got a lot of focus now and not one of those stupid people like, New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I tell you what, name one fucking New Year's resolution that you kept. There's probably people out there who generally actually have done, and I'm not dissing you. In fact, I commend but- you. No one ever talks about it. It's not like someone in June is going to like say they're, oh, I'm going to the gym or something. And someone's like, oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's my New Year's. It's my new summer's resolution. Everyone is like talking about it nonstop over New Like, next year I'm going to do this. But it's like, they never talk about, oh, I kept up with my New Year's resolution. Yeah. It never I- gets brought up again. That's true. If I, it, it made more sense if the following year you would be like, so... What's happening? Be like, I kept up my resolution from last year. You'd be like, no one oh. talks about it. But you'd be impressed if they did. You'd be like, oh, did you? Wow. But or like, if they talk about the new one, they never talk about the old one. They might have even forgotten what it was. Or, or they just make the same one every year. This year, I will lose weight. This year, you said that like, I oh, know. <laughs> You've just been saying it forever. Yeah, it's one of those like yearly added things. Every year that goes past, the waistline gets bigger. But don't worry, your resolution stays the same. Yeah, and really, it's just to make them feel like half decent. Like they they've spent this whole time just stuffing their face and eating, and they're like, "I can make like a New Year's resolution. I can be better." But in a way, in a way, the stupid thing is, it's the society of Christmas time. What do you think's gonna happen? It, the TV, the media, everything encourages you to literally stuff your face. You could be a moderately sized person and you wouldn't be able to help but put on weight just because of this overindulgence. There'll be your friends saying to you, oh, go on, just have another mince pie. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it is like a festival of gluttony, isn't it? It's so commercialised now and it's all about materialism. So people are like spending money on shit they don't need. Literally at Christmas, like plastic junk. Like a few years, a oh, good few years back now, but like people were buying them fish that you used to put on the wall. You remember? Yeah. And they'd like sing, I can't remember, like they'd sing some fucking tune. People were like, they're good, aren't they? And you're like, oh my God, like just total crap that people are buying. So they're like stuffing their face, going out and buying all this useless stuff. They're lazing around on the sofa. It's a festival of sin. Sinners! So 2022, it's been a pretty weird year. Glad to see the back of it, if I'm honest. Yeah, me too. You know, I definitely lumped 2022 into what we would call the COVID era. 
Like even though we haven't had the lockdowns and restrictions, at least in this country, in the same way as previous years, you know, the economic fallout from the pandemic and the cost of living crisis has been brutal, as we predicted, and it's all a symptom of COVID. And they're still jabbing people. And in some parts of the world, it's still fucking mental, like China. Pretty much. The COVID era for them, isn't it? <laughs> well, they're probably still right, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, every news report I've been hearing from China is, like, completely catastrophic. So they're well and truly still in the COVID era. But we'll get to China a little later. But, yeah, firstly, wanted to just go over the stuff that has come out about COVID since we first done our very first episode on it, which I think was Over a year ago. Contagion. Mm. And we'd done plenty more after, well, we had a mo- after that. We had a modern hexology. We had six episodes. Yes. Mm. Eat your heart out, aliens. And, and we said a lot of stuff that at the time people were saying was crazy. Like one of the earliest things I can remember is when we were saying they won't stop at one or two jabs. It will be three. It will, and then they introduced the boosters. We, was, mm-hmm. we, we said from the very beginning... This won't just be one jab like they're telling you. And then it was two and then you were fully vaxxed and they kept moving the goalposts. Before they even moved the goalposts once, we had called that. We had said they're going to keep doing this. You know, we'd spoken about them trying to push these digital IDs. We'd spoken about all the side effects way before that Pfizer document with the 158,000 side effects come out. I mean, we'd, we'd spoken about blood clots and now the FDA have suddenly come out and said, oh, yeah, the, the jabs can cause blood clots. Yeah. Oh. And, even, oh. and the weirdest thing is that was... Oh, up, that was a conspiracy. It was up on the BBC website. The stupid thing was, right at the beginning, right at the beginning, the BBC had a very small article, albeit, about how you could get micro, and they love to use that word, micro blood clots. It makes it sound less... They're tiny. Dangerous. They're tiny. They can't affect you. Only if they swarm together, form a massive blood clot, and that gets to your heart... Then you are dead, sir. So, yes, that was proven definitively correct. And then we've had the documentary Died Suddenly, which was trending on Twitter as a hashtag. I mean, everyone was talking about that. And you see these hideous images of these huge blood clots that they found in people. I mean, you've never seen anything like it in your life. You just brought up Alien. I mean, this looks like something out of Alien. They are Mm. absolutely disgusting and and giant. And what was that covered by? Oh, we just put it down to a little new new known term called SADS. Yeah. Died suddenly. Suddenly, oh, that was a term that you were seeing everywhere. And it was like, didn't used to see this in 2019. (laughs) Everyone just died suddenly and unexpectedly. I mean, you would read that as a headline like, what? That's unusual. But then suddenly it just become like the norm. And yeah, after that, died suddenly was trending. You've had so many other things. I mean, at the moment, hashtag Pfizer lied people died is trending. Hmm. Hashtag stop the shots now is trending. And hashtag Fauci files is trending. Obviously, <laughs> the files that have come out about Fauci, not a Fauci file, which is like... Like a, 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 a doctor crossed with a paedophile who looks like Dr. Fauci. Yeah, or someone that their kink or fetish is just having sex with Fauci. They're a Fauci file. <laughs> But yeah, there's also nearly 10,000 tweets regarding the New World Order. I mean, this is like right now. So people are waking up and, you know, that is the whole point of the schism. That's one of the reasons that we called this podcast the schism. This idea of there's a huge shift that's happening Mm. in consciousness, in the universe, that everyone slowly but surely is starting to wake up. Not, sadly, not everyone. Not everyone. But more people than ever are waking up and there is a collective shift of consciousness that's happening, a schism. The most interesting part about that collective shift is that consciousness isn't just you sharing it with your brother and sister. You actually are sharing that shift with people you don't even know, like the people that we are reaching out to on the podcast, I mean, I'm sure... So spread the word. word. The the one listener in Japan or the one listener in... I forgot the other countries. <laughs> we love you! <laughs> no, exactly. But that's the whole point. It's not just, oh, this shift you're experiencing on a family level. You are experiencing this on a world level with people you don't even know. There's people out there that, like I said, you won't know, but I guarantee they'll think and feel exactly the same way as you do because you smell the bullshit. Well, you do find that a lot 
I mean, that's one of the good things about social media. There, there is an upside to it. I mean, we've, we've one of the episodes we've done was on social media where we absolutely tore it to pieces. But without social media, we wouldn't be able to get the word out about this podcast and we wouldn't be able to connect with random strangers that actually you've got more in common with than your next door neighbour or sometimes, like during the COVID era, your, your mates or family that were on such a different page to you, it was like they were living in another reality. Yeah, exactly. But you can bond with someone on social media you've never met before and have an hour's chat about, oh yeah, it's all bollocks, blah, 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 have you seen this? And you're like, wow, someone that's the same as me. And it's thanks to the internet that we've all kind of been able to form a bit of a community and keep ourselves sane during this time. And we are growing. Every day. We are getting stronger. Look at the hashtags. The masses are forming. Feel the energy. We are coming for you. New World Order. Hello and welcome to the schism. <laughs> That's our new intro for 2023. <laughs> We're going all info wars with it. Yeah, take a little leaf out of Mr. Jones's book. It needs some like, like some news wipes, you know. No, but where, where were we? We were talking about... Uh, COVID stuff that has come true. All right, we've said the FDA admitting that there's been blood clots. Oh, the VAERS shows a 4,700% increase in miscarriages and stillbirths since the mRNA rollout. Suspicious. See, that's why it's always hard to segue stuff on the schism, because you have a bit of banter one second, and the next second you're talking about miscarriages and stillbirths. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a roller coaster, I imagine, for most listeners. <laughs> but yeah, still... You know, we were saying stuff like that hmm? at the start of COVID. Yeah. Like, what pregnant mother would have this? And then suddenly, oh, they weren't giving it to pregnant mothers. And then we were saying, oh, magic people giving it to their kids. And suddenly they have given it to their kids. And then all this shit has come out recently about strep A. Mm. Like, children are dying from strep A in the UK. It's like, well, could that be the nasal spray? Uh, you know, the plugs that they were putting up their fucking noses every time they're in school. Or yeah. These jabs that you've been giving them. Like. And bear in mind, we saw the pictures of where these nasal swabs are made in factories out in poor third world countries, which are basically just tossed on a dirty floor <laughs> no, once they're made me. before they're popped in a plastic pack. And then you open that plastic pack and ram it up your old jingle bells. See me old Christmas reference for the old nose there? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I was thinking of China where they stick it in a different hole. <laughs> but yeah, we don't know what they, they've got on these things either. You know what I mean? Could have anything on it. It could have fucking nanotechnology on the buds. You have no idea. Or a little bit little bit of mRNA, just beep, beep, <laughs> sprinkle on top. No, but seriously, like you don't know what's in these fucking things. You know, is it making people ill? Well, probably. It's probably not good for you, is it? It's the same as like, okay, now they've like jabbed all the kids and notice all the stuff that's coming out now like oh yeah more kids are coming down with the flu and strep a is a big thing and bill gates has you know they've now done another simulation bill gates john hopkins account and all let these me, let characters me did, they, did they call it step lock yeah right <laughs> yeah it's like from the evil elites that brought you luck step and agenda 21 a new global challenge exercise you know what they've called it Catastrophic Contagion. It's like the prequel. Catastrophic Contagion. It does sound like the prequel, doesn't it? And the fact that this one's got catastrophic in the title. It's like, oh, this is this is the next pandemic, as Bill would have put it. I wonder what actors have they got in this time? <laughs> you know, Contagion had Jude Lloyd, a few good people, but um, this, this time, who are we expecting? Well, Cruz? Will Smith? I thought for a moment, actually, you were just referring to, like, what actors are, are they going to get to plug it? You know what I mean? Everyone seems like an actor now to me. Well, I, I, mean, I actually meant both my friends. It was a double-edged sword. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's, so Bill, Bill Gates, John Hopkins, Amma WHO, of course, are simulating another pandemic. Of course they are. They've completed another desktop simulation, as Bill loves putting it. For a new virus originating this time near Brazil. Apparently the virus has a higher fatality rate than COVID-19. and disproportionately affects children. Of course it does. First question I've got here is, does Bill Gates like Brazilian people? Because the fact that he's already decided that... Well, he couldn't do China again. Yeah, I mean, that was already off the board, wasn't it? No. It's like a game of risk, isn't it? You know, China out of the picture now. Let's bring in another 
poor country. They were a disease could spread amongst the poor community because put a bad sanitation up in the flavellas. And the thing is, if another, because I think this whole thing's based on like what would happen if this happened in two thousand and twenty-five, right? So imagine if there is a catastrophic contagion again around that time, and it does happen to come from Brazil or whatever else. They can't do it again, can they? What? I mean, people like us are going to be jumping up and down like fucking... We've got monkeypox. You know what I mean? We'll be like, well, they've said this. It's the same thing again. Like, are they that unimaginative that actually they're doing another simulation and it's just going to come true again? Well, you could argue, do enough people know about Lockstep? Did enough people out there know about Event 20, Event 201? You know, yeah, probably not. Agenda 21, yeah. Sorry, Agenda 21, but... Well, the, well both, yeah. 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 Fucking both, mate. But yeah, yet again, aimed at children. Because it's obviously more difficult. Like With old people, you can blame injuries or deaths from the jabs on anything. They had a heart attack, they had a stroke. They cancer. Cancer, mm. my, myocarditis. All of these things could be linked to what they've had stuck in their arm. Mm. But... They're easy to explain away. With kids, that's more difficult. So they're having to throw out all these wild narratives like strep A or what about a catastrophe contagion that comes around? Because they can't just say, oh, little Timmy, yeah, he had a a stroke. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, he had a heart attack. He was just going at the play park just too hard. Yeah, I mean, I told him not to go too high on those swings. I said, if you go any higher than that, you'll have a bloody heart attack. And you know what? He fucking did. His blood pressure's through the roof. He works too hard. I know he's only three, but, you know, even three-year-olds can have heart attacks now. I saw it on a billboard. <laughs> on the back of a bus. No, it's not just kids that are getting sick. I mean, everyone I bloody know at the moment is ill. Yeah. I mean, even, like, you can probably hear, I'm bunged up. I sound like I've got a peg on my bloody nose. I'm bunged up, feel rotten, I've had a bad cough, and I haven't even been jabbed. No, <laughs> and, like, the bloke upstairs... <laughs> who lives above me, I can hear him all night. <laughs> Ring my dad up, he's ill, my cousins are ill, my granddad's got ill. I'm ringing up mates and they've been ill and they're like, oh, the kids are ill again and, you know, I brought it back to me and I'm like, everyone's bloody ill. Whereas in the in the real heart, like core and heart of the COVID era, like everyone I was speaking to was like, yeah, feel fine. Feel great, actually. Yeah. Didn't know anyone that was ill. I've never felt great so great. Got time off from furlough. Yeah, right. Got my feet up. And now it's like they've kept everyone locked down for so long that they've opened the floodgates back up. Winter's coming, and it's a cold winter. It is. And everyone's just ill because it's like herd immunity's gone out the window. You've got all these people walking around that are like human germ factories Mm. with no fucking immune systems to fight anything off. And it just feels like everyone's getting ill. I mean, I'm even getting the texts again from NHS. I don't know if you've got these. Really? I mean, they were bothering me all the time in the early COVID days. Like, come in for your jab. Oh, you've you've won a vi- not one. That's what it sounded like. You've you've got a VIP like straight to the front. I love the way they did that. It was like, what the fuck? I mean, it, guest quite, list. Yeah, kind of reminded me of some like ex girlfriend that's just trying every tactic to try and get you back in. Like they were going down that route. Oh yeah, your VIP straight straight to the front. Like priority. List. It always reminds me of fear. Then they were going for that, and then they were going for it. <laughs> a little finger at the end of Game of Thrones in front of Sansa when he's trying everything because he knows he's going to get murked right there in that hole. Yeah, he tries lying. Then he tries like getting the, the guards God to come take... over. Oh, the, and then he at the end he on his just knees. breaks down. I beg you. He's like, <laughs> this is his last resort. Papa Roach kicks in. <laughs> No, but really, like, they were just trying every tactic in the book. Then they just gave up. Even for a while, it was like, come in and get your, get your jams, your boosters available. I was like, you know that I haven't even had my first. And the text has just stopped. I must have just fallen off the database. But now they've started again. That's but the ones that they're sending me now are like the ones at the very beginning of COVID that were saying, don't come into the hospital unless you're dying or giving birth or you've got COVID. Ridiculous. They just wanted the fucking hype. Now they're texting me, don't come in, we're too packed. I mean, nobody's like, oh, in a way, you've seen a lot of the people out on strike at the moment. I'm quite glad they put out that message because rightly so. Anyone who goes into hospital with a cold that has a 99%, well, success rate of survival, I don't think you should be in hospital. Yeah, I know, but now people might be genuinely ill because of the jabby jabs that they've got. Mm -hmm. 
which I would say it definitely is. Or that's definitely a, a huge factor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of crazy. When I go back and look at all the tech... Like, obviously, you can't reply to it. So, again, it's just like some, some like, ex that's trying to, <laughs> trying to bait you back <laughs> yeah. in because there's no reply messages. But, Jesus Christ, like... They've gone through every tactic in the book. Didn't I, like, screenshot you a message of the messages they sent me about getting my booster? And I just typed in, well, obviously, get your COVID shot now. And I just typed in the reply bar, COVID isn't real. <laughs> Boost this, and just the one finger emoji. <laughs> no, you can't reply to them, unfortunately. Sure. But there was a movement for a while going on in the UK where it's like everyone send this number to whatever phone network you have and say that it's spamming you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, thousands of people were all reporting that NHS is spamming them. Because that's what it is, really. I mean, I don't want to get these messages. Why the fuck are they messaging me this shit? And now they've gone from, like, come in, please, to don't come in. At all. It's like, I'll come in if I want to fucking come, come in. in yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> I pay for you. Why are you bothering me? Talk about mixed messages. <laughs> I mean, I... I need you when I need you. That's what national insurance contributions are about. You're not Back gonna... off. It's like a stalker. Yeah, literally. I feel like the NHS is my stalker. Yeah, with a big fucking needle. But I've seen some headlines that say stuff like, not COVID. Lurgy sweeps UK as people have never felt so ill. Lurgy. It's like residents across the country are, dis- are discussing their symptoms as they were hit by a winter lurgy. And the symptoms are cold and flu-like, but they're like, oh, but it's not COVID. It's like, fucking hell. Well, have you not heard of the regular cold? I mean, what happens It's when... like they've forgotten it existed. Yeah, but... but then we were told that flu had disappeared. Ah, we were. And if you believed it, because we are a species of amnesia. Yeah, then... so now people are, oh, the flu had disappeared. Oh, it's back now. I mean, I, I, I can see why they're confused. <laughs> It's absolutely mental. I saw a clip on one of the morning shows, like Good Morning or something in the UK, and even the presenter said, so this wind is talking to an expert, you know, a health expert, Mm -hmm. bought and paid for, like, talking head that's there, like, what should I be more scared of, the flu or COVID? His words, I just don't know anymore. And that was the presenter. And the woman was like, well, uh, yeah, I mean... Both you should be concerned about and take measures to protect yourself and all this stuff. And it was just such a joke. Like Even the presenter was like, I just don't know anymore. This is a miserable attempt from that expert. I mean, we thought most of these experts that they put up will be secretly in a basement masturbating to a picture of Bill Gates. I mean, they claim They're an to be, expert at that. Oh, yeah. But uh, these stupid experts, I mean, we've said it all through the year, Reese. Expert on what? Economics, generally. Anyone who's in government or these positions, we find out they're into mental sciences, nothing to do with disease control, nothing to do with spreading of contagious agents. They're an economics expert. Well, yeah, or they're like part of the nudge unit or they're like uh, in social sciences or in psychology and part of the manipulation team, Mm. the psyop team behind COVID. They might be a doctor, but they're not. No, scalpel and drug doctor, they're, they're a fucking head doctor. And the same head doctors, like you said, are still appearing on morning programmes. Yeah. Trying to fear bait you into thinking there's a dangerous lurgy out there. Yeah, and then being like, check please. It's <laughs> such a joke. And like everything that we pretty much said about COVID that was a conspiracy at the start of our string of episodes about the pandemic is now pretty much been proven to be true whether it's in the Pfizer data or stuff that that the FDA has said that it's just out there in the mainstream I mean we now know that mRNA affects DNA and that was something that we said from the very beginning well they was they were so staunch about that one that's one that was one thing they didn't want to admit so no 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 that doesn't affect your DNA bear in mind the your DNA is the very bonds that make who you are I don't think you want to fuck around with. they were saying it could be the other way around like Mm. Well, DNA can affect RNA, but it can't affect... Oh, and now it's like, oh, oh yeah, it can affect it. A bit. Just a bit. Well, a lot. Actually, it kind of just completely fucks it all the way to fucking hell. Yeah. Helixes, I mean, you don't have those anymore in your blood. Everybody thinks it's a pentagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're still waiting for that to be, like, official. Like, it it being the mark of the beast. (laughs) 
<laughs> but mostly everything else has, has come out about it. But but there's a lot of other stuff that we've spoken about where there's been some recent revelations. And one is climate change. I mean, we've done our episode on the climate change agenda a while back. But already there's been talk of climate lockdowns, even in the UK. Yeah, Oxfordshire 2024? Yes. Yes. Now... It's come out since then, like, it's not a climate lockdown. But mm. let me read you this article, and it like it bloody sounds like it, or the beginnings of one. But when I looked it up again, because I was like, oh, yeah, I, I saw that. Let me do a little bit more research on that. The first thing that come up was like, this is a conspiracy theory. There's not actually a climate lockdown. All right, well, what is it then? I mean, turns out it actually is a climate lockdown. <laughs> no, but on the BBC website here, it says... False climate lockdown claims in Oxford lead to death threats. Ooh. This is serious, people. These conspiracy theorists. That's the kind of behaviour you can expect from them. Death threat of people because of the climate. Yeah, can't say we ever make any death threats on the schism. Or well, sometimes. A couple, a couple <laughs> of the royal family members might have been in the crosshairs, though. <laughs> I mean, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab. I, I, Ted Ross. I, yeah, I yeah, do yeah, think we yeah, do yeah, kind yeah. of. We've had a... But all in the name of comedy. Oh, yes, obviously. It is the last message of free speech, after all. So it says here, false claims that a lockdown to help fight climate change could soon be enforced in Oxford have spread on social media. Like a virus! Residents are confused and local politicians have received a torrent of abuse as a result. Poor guys. Man. I'm still feeling a bit bruised, if I'm honest, and a bit cautious, said Duncan Enright, cabinet member for Travel and Development Strategy at Oxfordshire County Council. I'm still feeling a bit bruised. <laughs> that climate had its way with me. No, 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 not, not the climate, the trolls. The trolls. It was all the abuse. <laughs> I mean, my feelings, they've been hurt. He wakes up in the middle of the night. The trolls, the trolls. <laughs> he's got PTSD. He's smiling in this photo, but he's crying inside. He said, the last two weeks have been unusual, to say the least. He's been berated by complete strangers on social media. Death threats have been put to him and his family on guard. He's put, I know people very well in this area and they're lovely, he said. This is something I've never experienced before in many years in local politics. So how did a mainly rural county suddenly find itself at the heart of a social media storm? In November, Oxford County Council approved a 6.5 million trial scheme designed to stop most drivers in Oxford from using busy city routes at peak times. Oh, so Oxford County Council were getting 6.5 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, just for a trial scheme, we're just trialling it out. Yeah. It's like, this is the start of it. Yeah. So straight away they're jumping on it. Conspiracy theorists are calling it that. Well, yeah, we are calling it that because this is the start of climate lockdowns. This yeah. is, we, we can see the path where this is going, going from already. It, it doesn't have to be we're locking down the entire bloody country. No, they couldn't just no. go from nothing to that. No. That's the whole point. People would go, whoa, whoa, what? So we've had lockdowns for bloody COVID and now you're putting us under lockdowns for climate change. No way. But they're giving to it eventually. This is the start of this. So when they've got stuff like the social score, uh, social credit score system in place, they can introduce stuff like this and people can't really complain then because, oh, your social credit score's gone. Oopsie. <laughs> I didn't like my car anyway. <laughs> See, I know it's far removed, but like you said, dude, this is where it starts. It doesn't start with the grand scheme all on the plate at once. It starts with a very tiny little... Yeah, the totalitarian tiptoe. Tiptoe. Mm. Yeah. Although it's getting faster all the bloody time, but it's still not nothing to climate lockdowns. No. They're not at that point yet. They will be if we don't do anything. Give them time. It says here, to achieve that goal, the council proposed the creation of traffic filters enforced through cameras in six key locations across the city. Private cars will not be allowed through without a permit. All other vehicles, including public transport and bikes, will be exempt I've heard that word before. Won't be, allowed to, won't be allowed to go into a certain district without a permit. Sounds a little bit like East West Germany to me. Naughty! After the news broke, a number of fringe media outlets, it was literally all over the internet. It, like, Ridiculous. Began describing the initiative as an effective climate lockdown. And then it's got a picture of that and it just says, false. <laughs> <laughs> and our favourite colours, red backing and white letters. 
says they falsely claim that the scheme would in practice lock residents in their own homes, which certainly put them off going out, wouldn't it? You weren't locking them in their own homes during COVID. Mm. They were locking themselves Cells in. in. Mm. Well, in China, they literally were. I mean, I saw clips of them like, <laughs> like sealing fucking doors <laughs> shut. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They, they literally were. That's kind of what, what this reminds me of. It's like, you know, it's not a lockdown. We're not locking you in your homes. Like, I mean, you saw China. We're not doing that. Come on, we're not doing that. It's almost like they show us all this shit from China to be like, well, we're not doing that, are we? Come on, you should be thankful. Yeah. We haven't locked you in your homes yet. We're not drilling the door shut. We've just told you if you come outside, you're going to get a hefty fine. I mean, it's your choice. But there will be penalties. But we don't have the drills yet. It says they also wrongly suggested that through the use of permits, the council was being given powers to decide who gets to travel around the city. Well, they kind of are. It's not a lockdown, said Liz Lefman, leader of Oxford County Council. Liz <laughs> Lefman. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking hell. <laughs> She's left-leaning. But, I mean, that sounds straight away. It's not a lockdown! It sounds guilty, doesn't it? It's well, like It sounds like it kind of is. Well, who, who That's you, the statement she gives. It's not a lockdown! Who Honest. Who are you giving these permits out to? I mean, okay, if they're given out to people to travel through the sea, hmm, is it by any chance that the most wealthy, the most powerful, whoever they are, they're the ones that are going to get the permits? Why is Doris and her two grandchildren getting the permit to drive? Yeah, right, yeah. You know? And it, obviously, it's all in the name of saving the planet. Like it says, they're designed to cut unnecessary car journeys while making walking, cycling, and public transport more appealing. It's like, yeah, I get it. But what a coincidence that to save the planet is the same thing that we have to do, that we had to do to save grandma and the NHS and all the rest of it. Stay in our homes, lockdown, don't travel. Da-da. Isn't that funny how it's ticking all the same boxes? Yeah, funny, look how far that got all our family and our relatives. I mean, when we did all that stuff, what happened? People died. Yeah, so I'm just waiting for the, like, little Facebook stickers. You know, you've had, like, I've got my jab, and it would just be like, I've stayed in the designated zone, I'm saving the planet. I'm waiting for that. That is coming. In terms of virtue signaling, I mean, saving grandma, like, that was great. Saving the NHS, oh yeah, brilliant. It was so 2019, though. Saving the planet. I mean, there's people out there that are going to think like they're Captain Planet. I've not travelled in my car, I've stayed in my designated zone. I'm, I'm saving the planet now. I mean, I was a hero a couple of years back saving grandma and the NHS, but now I'm a, I'm a god. Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna bring pollution down to zero. Don't know if many of our listeners would know about Captain Planet, but <laughs> it's a cartoon when we were kids. Pretty weird one now. Yeah, I think about it. Yeah. yeah, odd, odd. Why was he friends with all them kids? And why was his skin blue? A lot of questions that we just don't have the time to go into today. So yeah, it's not just climate lockdowns, but electric cars was something else that we were talking about. I saw an article the other day, this was from the Man Online, so a mainstream newspaper, saying another vehicle of control. Okay, there's a dark side to the rise of electric cars that could rob us of our freedom and pleasure of driving forever, writes Sam Duncan. Uh, Sam Duncan, could I just have a little word, sir? You're not the first person that spoke about this. Yeah, right. But it's like now suddenly that's mainstream. The bullet points here, it's like, once governments are able to control cars... They would demand the power to do so. Electric cars can be limited, monitored, controlled and switched off remotely. It's like, yes, this is all the shit that we've been warning about. (laughs) But it's only just dawning on people now. It says restrictions will be made for our health, safety and to reduce carbon emissions. Of course they will be. Oh, God, there we are Whether it's a pandemic or a bloody climate lockdown. It's not a climate lockdown. Oh, yeah, but you're still restricting us from going in certain zones or districts and... If you're an electric car, I mean, it just won't go that way. But it's not a lockdown. You can see where it's going. It says here, we will no longer be able to choose where we go, how fast or when we drive. Imagine there's just like speed limit caps and it would take the pleasure out of driving. Oh my God. Without speeding, it's fucking rubbish. (laughs) I'm going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Tonal Recall screaming at my Johnny Cab. Can you just go a bit faster, please? (laughs) 
It says, even if they weren't part of the global net zero accounting trick, yes, it is a trick, where cars magically become green, even though they are powered by coal via a battery instead of by petrol or diesel. I mean, we all know that these lithium mines, I mean, you look lithium mines up on Google. These things do not look green. No. They are so damaging to the environment. So this whole thing about, oh, electric cars are greener and stuff. No, they're not. And when these things end up on the scrap heap, I mean, they don't end up on the scrap heap because they're too toxic. They just end up in these huge sort of endless fields of like uh, electric scooters or cars or something. And you're like, what you know what's going to happen to all of that well, like, this, this is one thing they said about the difference between the electric engines and a combustible engine car there's so many replaceable parts within a combustible engine whether it's the head gasket or whatever you can just fix or switch over apparently these electric cars the way the engines are made these parts once they burn out or they run out or they whatever just completely flop on you yeah. that's it there's no going yeah, right. taking it down to old Gavin. Oh, Gavin, can you old fix me old electric car? <laughs> nah, mate, it's fucked. You need a new one. Would you mean yeah. we just spent 80 grand on this? And he's like, nah, mate, that's it. It's done. It's damaged. It's finished. And where's it going to go? Like you said, it's going to go just to a scrapyard where nothing can be harvested from it. At least a car at a junkyard now. They can take all yeah, parts take out of the engine. Out they can take the petrol pump out or all sorts of stuff. And in the making of these things, it's like little kids that they're sending down these fucking mines. Oh, and like, them, yeah. yeah, it's proper bad news. Like people are getting exploited big time to mine for these lithium batteries, and there's nothing green about it, and there's nothing humane about it. I, I actually think the point of this is to get to where we're talking about, where it's like, oh, you'll be in your electric car, but it'll be restricted, and if they want to turn it off, they turn it off. But I think ultimately they want this whole initiative to fail. Yeah. So that actually it gets to the point where your average person, they just don't have a car. That's where it's going. It's like people like this bod at the mail online, like there's a dark side to this. It's like, yeah, mate, but you haven't fucking got there yet. You're just listing why the the reasons that they're shit. We know that. The question is why? Mm. And the question is, if you've worked it out and you're obviously a complete numbskull, then the people behind it already know this. They want it to fail. Why do they want it to fail? You know, what is the real agenda behind this? This guy is like 5% of the way there. Keep going, Keep going. Sam ne- Duncan you're for nearly, the Daily Mail. Nearly there, mate. Nearly there. I mean, you're taking the long walk down the garden path, admittedly. This is not the shortcut, but you're nearly there. You're taking the long drive in your electric car. There is a speeding cap on it, so <laughs> you're not going too fast, but you'll get there. So we wanted to go into some predictions for 2023 to come. And i done a little Google search and I thought, what better person to look into than Nostradamus? What did he have to say about 2023? It says here, some indications may be found in the fabled writings of French astrologer Nostradamus, history's most famous seer. Nostradamus has been credited with predicting everything from the rise of Hitler to the 9-11 attacks. And his work is still consulted by millions around the globe. His predictions published in his 1555 book, it's a long last time ago, Les Prathetis, were written in verses known as quantrains. They don't reference specific years and are undeniably difficult to interpret, of course. That said, there may be some clues mapping out how things may unfold in the near future. What has he got to say? The first prediction from Nostradamus, there's going to be a great war. Okay. Okay. Well, that happens every year. It says, some (laughs) claim that Nostradamus predicted the rise of Adolf Hitler, but also he predicted a great war would occur in 2023. Mm. Well, I think straight away, you know, you've got what is happening in the Ukraine at the moment. The whole of the West is siding with the Ukraine. Russia's kind of getting in bed with China. I mean... You could see how the Ukraine could be a proxy war for there to be a world war between Russia and China and basically the West. Mm. Even if it was a Cold War or whatever, it would certainly be a great war. So Nostradamus could be right there. It says, if this prophecy is indeed related to our current age, there may be a faint silver lining contained in the words seven months. After all, this relatively protracted time frame does suggest a more conventional war 
rather than the mutually assured destruction of all-out nuclear Armageddon. Well, it's never going to be that. No, because no one will ever push the nuclear button. No, and the elites that control everything don't want that. No, because what's left to rule and control when there's nothing bloody left? But, yeah, interesting. A great war, 2023. I mean, things are definitely starting to feel like World War III. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, could be right yet again. The other thing that he said was the end of the Mars dream, which is kind of interesting because people like Elon Musk says here, the tech magnate turned space entrepreneur hasn't been afraid of making bold predictions about where humankind might finally set foot on Mars. He's been banging on about that for a long time. A long, long time. Been a little bit quiet lately, though. Yeah, that's true. It says here, in March 2022, he suggested 2029 as the year in which astronauts would make this second giant leap. But might Nostradamus be pouring cold water on such bold aspirations with his cryptic line, the light of Mars will go out? Going to give up on that dream? Well, there's a lot of theories about space travel in terms of Mars might be the one of the closest planets, but in terms of habitable and, I mean, you look at Jupiter's moon Europa, it'd be much more suited yeah. for human life. than So it, it could mean the Mars fantasies will end and the light will go out on that whole thing. Be interesting. Could just be yet another thing that was just, you know, big distraction, but actually it was, it was never going to go ahead. Pipe dream. I mean, who the hell would want to go to Mars anyway? I've I've never been that excited about that as a prospect. We could go to Mars. It's like, there's nothing fucking there. Well, I believe Elton John told us in Rocket Man it was cold up in space. (laughs) Well, there is talk about there being like a face on Mars. And like, you can see like the outlines of pyramids on Mars and stuff. So that's quite interesting. Mm. Wouldn't mind seeing that. But other than that, it's kind of a lot of dusty rock. I've seen the film The Martian, and it didn't look fun. <laughs> kind of weird as well. You just sort of think, can't we just clean up the planet we got and just try and, like, you know, fix all our shitty problems here first? Well, <laughs> one thing it could be to do with is the biggest rise in one of the most fabled conspiracies that is probably out on the internet, which is space is fake. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think the moon landing was fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just think that is literally, as the Red Hot Chili Peppers said, space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. I mean, I do just literally think it was maybe even Stanley Kubrick just faking that because America wanted to win the space race and they hadn't got there in time and they were just like, right, we need to fake it. Or some some people say that they did go there, but they didn't get any bloody footage. Or some people say the Earth's bloody flat. But the point is, I don't think that was real no i think they lied to everyone and we were all sitting at home on a california cation <laughs> californication no group has got more songs about california than red hot chili peppers it's like every one of their songs is called that basically yeah. so in the aftermath of a devastating pandemic once unthinkable lockdowns and the war in ukraine it's hardly surprising that economies across the world have sailed into troubled waters. Many experts believe the soaring inflation, fuel costs and general economic turmoil will continue to get worse before it gets better. And Nostradamus seems to concur. So Nostradamus said, So high will the bushel of wheat rise that man will be eating his fellow man. Oh, but have you seen that thing on the internet? These meat-giving programs when you can donate your body to be eaten. Yeah, and I have seen a lot more stuff, admittedly in alternative news, but on the mainstream as well, about cannibalism. And like, I've, I've like even heard people like when talking about the you know Stalinist era, saying when communism is at, was at its absolute worst and people were starving and freezing in their homes, they were eating members of their own family they were turning to cannibalism and there was posters in that era that were basically saying don't eat your kids don't eat your family seriously so yeah that is where this goes at its very end point there's probably in situations we've all seen the film alive you always remember that one guys the plane crash when they eat the other passengers alive yeah okay there's probably certain situations when you could do that but we know you can get is it kutu the, the disease if you eat someone's brain? Is that Jesus. it? The, the, the puppet. I mean, I wouldn't go for the brain first. But, oh, no, that's the last thing. 
eyeball might look quite juicy. <laughs> no, but my point is, is that there's a rise in this. And I, if you go on the internet and type in human meat consumption or donate your body to be eaten, there's a few fake sites. I think a lot of them are actually just bullshit, Reese. It doesn't matter if they're fake or not, because they're up there and you can find them. And I think it's actually to really get people this yeah. idea of food shortages and you could possibly have to end up eating someone. I mean, you look at what was a massively successful TV series on Netflix this year, Dharma, where he was eating people. and that's, that's what I'm saying. There's been a lot of stuff about cannibalism. The same as eating bugs. You know what I mean? They're like pushing these really bizarre things out there into the public mind. And... Again, I've heard people from North Korea talk about, you know, people that have escaped, how they had to eat bugs because there was nothing else to eat. And you're like, fucking hell. Yet again, it's like an end point of this totalitarianism that is absolute worst. And they're kind of like putting that into the public perception already, just feeding it out there. Even in I'm a celebrity, what do they do? They eat bugs. And now Matt Hancock, who should be in a fucking prison... Or on trial for crimes against humanities in the jungle with Ant and Deck. Eat the fucking books. That's his punishment. You know what I mean? It's almost like putting him in the stocks or something. It's like, this guy should be in jail for the rest of his life. He's a mass murderer. Dazzalan Matt. Oh, he's on I'm a Celebrity, but I quite like him now. No, but I think he'd look quite good in Unmarked Grey somewhere. And there come the death threats again. So another one is worsening climate crisis. So as CO2 levels and global temperatures continue to rise, the climate crisis is sure to remain a hot button issue. Oh God, in 2023. Nostradamus, writing the following quatrain, does seem to be warning of even more dark times to come. He's put, for 40 years, the rainbow will not be seen. We're seen fucking everywhere at the moment. (laughs) He's definitely not talking about this era. We've had the rainbow on, oh, LGBT, the NHS. NHS. (laughs) Everywhere you fucking look, you've got the rainbow. He's then put, for 40 years, it will be seen every day. Okay, sounds more like the time we're living in now. The dry earth will grow more parched and there will be great floods when it is seen. Well, that sounds like the great deluge to me. I mean, is this God coming down again and wiping the earth with a great flood? It says here, while these lines could suggest an array of apocalyptic catastrophes, the referencing to parched landscapes and great floods do point to the effects of global warming. Oh, the 40 years bit is an enigma, though. Here's hoping that 2023 won't inaugurate four decades at least of climate strife. Well, okay, remember that. So he's not a climate change denier. But remember the interviews we saw, those hidden and secretly recorded interviews of that CNN bigwig? And he said the biggest thing that they were going to push at their news station next year was climate change. And is that because there is a big problem with the planet or is it because they want you to believe that? Well, according to Nostradamus, he's saying that it's real and it is coming. But he is pretty cryptic, isn't he? Imagine if we'd done the whole of the schism in Quantrains. <laughs> we'd get a lot more right because we'd be like, well, we did say that. You didn't really. Yeah, but... You know, interpret it in this way, and I think you're fine, we did. <laughs> you know, it's about as good as everything that the other side do with all their inversion. It's like, yeah, we said we did it. No, you didn't. You said the bloody opposite. Well, it was cryptic. Well, I definitely agree with the ones before. Let's see what else he's got. Growing civil unrest. The Frenchman may have been alluding to the growing gulf of animosity between social classes with his alarming words, sooner and later you will see great changes made, dreadful horrors and vengeances. These words may suggest some kind of revolt against the wealthy who have traditionally been insulated from the economic turmoil affecting the rest of society. Okay. Ooh. I like this spin on it. It could be. Sounds like Notre Dame is keeping a promise. Another... <laughs> Another Quantrain presents an equally dire vision of discord and violence. Here's a quote straight from Nostradamus. The trumpet shakes with great discord, an agreement broken. Lifting the face to heaven, the bloody mouth will swim with blood. The face, anointed with milk and honey, lies on the ground. Slayer lyrics, isn't it? Pretty dark. That's for sure. Now, any like death metal heads out there, if you want some lyrics, just look up Nostradamus. <laughs> might steal some of them myself <laughs> so a little wrap up here it says all things considered Nostradamus's writings offer a rather sinister outlook for 2023 and beyond of course it can all be very reasonably dismissed 
as the groundless speculation or poetic fancies of a dreamer who died nearly half a millennium ago. But it could be real. Worth paying attention to, people. Worth paying attention to. (laughs) Just to throw out a few predictions of our own. I mean, we did predict that the Queen was going to die months before she did. And I just want to say, on record now, I reckon the Pope is going to be next. Well, maybe not next, as in, like, the next person to die. But next year, or sometime in the very near future, I think the Pope is going to go. And possibly Biden. And possibly Kanye. (laughs) For entirely different reasons. Kanye is just shooting his mouth off too much. And he's, like, saying things like, I've got a handler and MKUltra's real and they sacrificed my mother. And they just don't want any celebrity to be saying that stuff. I mean, they basically killed Michael Jackson for being like, Sony music is bad. (laughs) So Kanye's got a gun sight on his head. But as with the other three, the Queen, the Pope and Biden, I kind of see it as like, if you want a new order, you have to get rid of the old order. So if there's like three corporations that run the world, like the City of London, Washington DC and Vatican, Mm. imagine if you got rid of the Queen, the Pope and Biden... And it's almost like, okay, that was the old, the old lot. power structure. Yeah, Do you know old, what I mean? And the old like, gang. All them places have got these like obelisks, you know, like these yeah, like, yeah, London, it's like Cleopatra's yeah. Needle. Like, and you kind of feel like they're the epicenters, like London for finance and the Vatican's like the religious heart. Like, they play their parts. That's the old power structure. And they're like coming in like the WEF or whatever. And they're like, just get rid of them. Yeah, don't need them. Well, we know Prince Charles. Well, they keep Charles because he's fully paid up. Like He's literally like part of it. You know, one thing he was going to try to do is restructure the ascendancy of the throne from from obviously William onwards to pay. Now, a lot of the royals are going to lose their titles, not just Harry doing the right thing and leaving the royal family. Go on, me old ginger brother. But a lot of them now are all going to lose their titles and it's just going to be a very small line of royals. It's not going to be all these princesses and all these princes. Apparently, a lot of them are going to... I think it will go. Yeah. I think a lot of these things will go because what they want in place is like an Orwellian, you believe everything the party says and everything's just one giant corporation. Like They want a technocracy. I, I don't think they'd even bother with the pageantry of like royalty and stuff like that. Like, nah. They just want everything like a fucking grim grey wasteland where there's like not any you know like pride in your country or sovereignty or like all these things are just gone yeah. in their fucking like grim outlook of the future and that's what we got to look forward to people yeah lots of deaths pope biden hopefully not Kanye, and hopefully not the end of the world not too soon because we want to carry on giving good content to you guys, yeah. our listeners. The we want to send another big thank you out before we wrap things up for today. Yeah. I mean, it has been a great year for us. I mean, we were only saying earlier we've got to speak to some amazing people this year. We feel very fortunate, actually. I yeah. Mean, whether it be Neil Haig, Johnny Vedmore, uh, Richard Grannon, Gareth Ike. Kathy O'Brien. Oh, Kathy, thanks yeah. for the double episode, Kathy. Much love and thanks to them. Yeah, we've got some great guests coming in the new year, in the likes of Mark Devlin, Michael Feely, who knows, maybe even the legend David Icke. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Hey, we're good at predicting things. <laughs> but if you guys yeah, want to send us any suggestions for subjects you think we should cover or guests that we should have on the show, just send us a DM on schism.tv or leave a comment on our Podbeam. We look at everything that we get sent, as long as it's not obscene. No dick pics, please. Please, no dick pics. Otherwise, I'll send you my dick. 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 No, no, <laughs> no. no way. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> like for like. No, no. no just no. Eye for an eye. No dick, dick for a dick. I feel like we've said that too much now, and like someone's now going to send us a bloody dick pic. Yeah, I know. That one follower from Japan. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a meme, actually, that I I wanted to uh, end the episode with, and it said, the conspiracy theorists who warned you of vaccine mandates, tax passports, digital IDs, ongoing lockdowns, food shortages, and rampant inflation are now warning you about digital IDs, social credit scores, digital currency, cashless society, climate lockdowns, energy rationing. So maybe pay attention. I mean, it's so true. It's like all of the stuff that I named at the start, it's like, 
that's what we were warning about when we first started the schism. Now there's a whole load of new stuff. And how did us and so many other people know that all that was coming? Because yeah. soon enough, we will be doing episodes on things like the social credit score. Yeah, well, and there will be climate lockdowns, or as good as. Well, we might not be quite Neuralink yet, but I just tell any of our listeners to Google the guy in the UK that has a digi wallet in his hand. He works for the NHS and he's oh, the God. first person in the UK who can pay with things with his hand. And he wasn't even a cyberpunk. <laughs> he's just like an ordinary dude. He's more convenient. I mean, honestly. And the fact that he was an NHS worker, I was like, oh God, there well, there's anyone. people now like having these like microchip parties in, where is it, Sweden or somewhere, somewhere <laughs> like, where they're, they're like, they're pushing it. Willingly yeah. getting microchipped to me like, woo, like another excuse to have a party. I mean, honestly. Wait till I hack that microchip and I'm giving you electric shocks in your bed at night when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> you won't be having no fucking parties then. <laughs> yeah, so this episode's called I Hate to Say I Told You So, named after the Hive song, of course. But we get no joy in saying that. Well, maybe a little, but... Yeah. You know, when the outcome is as bad as we're talking about, we're trying to warn people, and we're trying to avoid this shit from unfolding. You don't want to be right about any of this stuff, because no. it's fucking terrible. I would like the outcome, as I'm sure you would, unless you're a psychopath, and I don't know about it. <laughs> not like <laughs> fully. <laughs> not to be the new world order and some totalitarian nightmare. Oh, hell no. And hopefully... We can all stop that from happening by staying alert, as the British government would say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always like to think back what Richard Willett said to us when he said, you know, what, this world is actually kind of like the Garden of Eden. I just wish people would stop moving the plant pots around. You know, we have a lot of great here, but we, it is our duty to warn people that this lovely place that we live in, that we call Earth, and this consciousness that we're very lucky to experience, could very well be under threat. Yeah, you don't want to give up all your freedoms willingly just because you're afraid of stuff that you've been told that you must be afraid of. What what we try and do on this show is like alleviate that fear, make fun of stuff, and kind of point out the ridiculousness of a lot of the things that we're force-fed all the time. To try and make people think for themselves and make up their own minds, we're, we're definitely not telling people what to think. No. Leave that to the mainstream media. Yeah, that's their job. We're here to try and get people to think and think think outside their normal kind of consciousness to wonder what if. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, people. So before we go, I want to say another massive thank you to everyone that's tuned in for this year and hope everyone has a great Christmas and New Year, whatever you're up to. Peace out and keep watching the skies. Peace out, everyone. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies. Hey, to say I told you so. <laughs> no, hate. <laughs> Hate to say I told you so. <laughs> Fuck it up. You can't do it now. <laughs> oh, no. <coughs> Hate to say I told you so. All right. <laughs> we, uh, do we get there? <laughs>